Christensen Radio Network Satellite Studio. It's Jim and Rob over Analyze the Movies. Oh, and nobody's going to want to hear that. Welcome, everybody, to my channel. Uh, my name's Rob, co-host of Jim and Rob over Analyze Movies, the movie podcast for people who love to talk about movies as much as they love watching them. Tonight, we're going to be taking a look at... Uh, Steve McQueen's, uh, the first episode in Steve McQueen's short limited series, Small Axe, called Mangrove. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the, here, let me just pull up the log line here. Um, described by the CBC as love letters to black resilience and triumph in London's West Indian community. Small Axe is Oscar winning directors, Steve McQueen's limited series of stories of hard won victories in the face of racism. The first episode is Mangrove, the story of how repeated harassment of the West Indian owned and operated Mangrove restaurant by London's Metropolitan Police led to a protest march and a violent confrontation with the antagonistic police and culminating in the historic 1971 trial of the Mangrove Nine for incitement to riot. Uh, boy, it's like we've uh, seen this movie already. Um, anyway, folks, uh, there's that. Uh, listen, uh, we'll start with, uh, let's get the ideological ingredients out of the way. On the story side, uh, does it have, It did it pass the Bechdel test? Uh, absolutely, I would argue, even though the two women may have started a conversation talking about, uh, talking about uh, uh, men, they continued in what was a very personal moment um if the uh, uh further on the story side does it have a class consciousness absolutely Slam dunk. <laughs> uh is there class analysis again absolutely it's it's certainly from a uh race politic lens uh but it's definitely uh what i would call left wing class analysis all the way um then um uh on the production side yeah it's a union production i don't it it's a tough one i'm not sure it would uh uh, get a reframe stamp, but I'm not sure it wouldn't. We'll, we'll have to wait for the reframe organization. It does have a, a black woman of color lead. She was the main build person, Letitia Wright. Uh, so they get their minimum two points in that subject area. Um, the rest of it, I'm not, again, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, well, again, we'll have to wait for reframe to chime in on that. So uh, with that out of the way, I think it's time to, I think it's time to bring in my co-host, the man with the most, uh, the man who knows what a good tasting roadie is, um, even though he hails from St. Boniface, Manitoba, Mr. Jim Chilboyko. How are you doing, Jim? Good. According to the movie, I'm just liming with the limers, man. <laughs> I stocked up. I stocked up uh, on uh, Jamaican and uh, Caribbean slang, I guess, uh, through this whole movie. So, no. 
Gotcha. Well, uh, listen, I think uh, before, of course, we get started, everyone understand we are in the spoiler zone. So mm -hmm. everything you hear past this point, you know, yeah, we're not even going to apologize. Jim, it does look like we've got a few people watching already. Uh, oh, and uh, we've got one person to say hello to already, Richard L., and I suspect Katie's around as well. Hello, folks. Uh, Richard says, hello, folks. I'm watching from home while Katie is listening in, in from her daily walk. Excellent. Well, Katie, uh, I hope you're enjoying the walk. Great time to get one in. It's supposed to go to uh, minus 22 plus windshield oh gosh, tomorrow. Right. So, uh, you know, keep soldiering on. Wow. Looking forward to you, uh, that moment where you're able to join us during the actual chat. Uh, all right. And anyone else, feel free to chime in. Love to welcome you here. Um, where, uh, you know what, Jim, I think the, uh, the next, uh, the next part for us really is first thoughts. First thoughts. What, uh, whoops. What were your, what your, what are your first thoughts, Jim? Well, this is, uh, one of my first thoughts was uh, that the the restaurant, as it, as it tells us at the end, uh, uh, closed in 1992, and I was in Notting Hill in 1991. So it's one of those, why did I not go? But anyway, <laughs> I, was, I was also living pretty cheaply uh, uh, as well. So, um, yeah, no, they, this uh, was something that I had uh, I wanted to see, these uh, the, the Small Axe trilogy, or not trilogy, Five logy. There's five of them anyway, and uh, quintology. Um, qu thank you, the quintessence. <laughs> um, Steve McQueen, who's who directed. Uh, most people would probably be aware. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, not to be confused with the uh, star of The Great Escape, Steve McQueen. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I, I heard the first thing I heard about was the John Boyega movie. Uh, John Boyega as a young. Uh, Afro Anglo cop uh, trying to break into the the policing ranks. Uh, that's I think one of the films later in the series. But uh, I, yeah, I was sort of attracted to this project and, and just to see its its take. Uh, as we've discussed before, a lot of the times uh, something that's purported to be a film about the black experience, like Biko, ends up being starring Kevin Klein. Uh, as interpreted by the nearest white person they exactly. can shoe into shoehorn into the story. Exactly. And this one was uh, you know, pretty devoted to not that. It 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 uh, had a lot of great uh roles for a lot of uh, uh black stars that, that you may either not be familiar with or familiar with. Uh uh, it, it, the, the interesting thing, there's a le an 11 minute documentary on the Mangrove Nine that you can find on YouTube. Uh, and the resemblance that the, the casting that these folks did yeah. is, is quite stunning, but uh, sounds good. Yeah. So... Really, really good. I, I was, I was really pleased by this movie. It took me to a different place in a different time. Uh, I thought it, uh, captured, it didn't do a lot of, a lot of the typical things when you're in England, um, it just pretty much focused on the Notting Hill neighborhood, which is kind of a, a funky neighborhood, uh, famous for a Saturday market that, uh, that a lot of people go to. But um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think I'm even more enthusiastic. Uh, my first, my, my hot take is this is what 
this is the movie the trial of the chicago seven could have been but chose not to be mm-hmm. um and it was funny i did in our thumbnail because it is it's about this this uh the the inexperience of a racialized community you know suffering through all of that as they're trying to maintain community cohesion and uh you know, it's a couple of uh, middle-aged white guys from Canada. It's like kind of, <laughs> uh, but I was at one of the, my the things I was really surprised at, not a, not as much, not just how I got into this movie, Jim, but how it resonated with my own upbringing. Uh, and I don't mean that. I, I'm talking about the politics of the movie, which was very much how I grew up. My dad was a trade union radical. So they all come from a very similar kind of space. He was radicalized in the early 70s through the steelworkers and then the Canadian Union of Postal Workers. So a lot of this stuff I heard going to you know, like when the postal postal worker struck in seventy six or was it seventy five? I remember being at those uh, dragged to those things. Me and my oldest kid brother, and there are people driving by throwing beer bottles at the picket line. Eh? So some of this yeah. really rang like I mean, rang true to me in a way I did not think it would. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I'm just I'm like, and and yes. This is the movie that the Chicago, the trial of the Chicago Seven should have been. You know, they they set it up. They didn't make it about the trial. Uh, they made it about the whole story, so that when you get to the trial, you you clearly understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, uh, well, you you know, when anyone, I'll, I'll make sure there's a link somewhere, maybe right about here, <laughs> for my my hot take on the trial of the Chicago seven, which is still an outstanding movie. All right, Jim, um, you know what? Let's move on from uh, first thoughts. Then I, I suspect we've already answered this question for you, but you know Uh, what? Let's make it official. Is it worth your time? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It, you know, if you, yes or no. Yes. Is that a fulsome? Yes. Yes. Sounds like it. Fulsome. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I I agree 100%. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Get it in your queue. Uh, it is a BBC pro- co-production. And I think Amazon bought it. Like So anywhere else where Prime is, it's an Amazon movie where... Uh, where uh, like in the, in, in the United Kingdom, it's a BBC production. Yeah, watch it. Watch it now, folks. Um, all right, uh, let's take a quick look at the chat. Uh, we're we're in good shape here. Uh, yeah, Jim, what uh, you know? Where do we want to? Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the story? Do we want to start with uh, maybe Steve McQueen? Do we want to start with the storyteller? So you kind of were getting already into that about the mm-hmm. performances and everything. Uh, yeah, what do you what? Why don't we talk about the storyteller, Steve McQueen, and that outstanding cast? You good with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I, I, the, I, so I, I will now take off me trying to cut you off <laughs> and <laughs> testify, brother. Sure, I'm yeah. as enthusiastic as you, but I want to hear your, your hot takes first. Yeah, no, I, well, first of all, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting take and one that I, I, I agree with the, with the Chicago Seven movie, mm. um, this is uh, you know it's it's slightly episodic, but it seems sort of a little bit more of a uh, uh, 
no holds barred, I guess. It, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right phrase I want to go with, but there's, there's a, there's a, there's a real sort of a commitment here to the, it's, it, it feels both lower key and sharper than the Chicago seven. Uh, not sure exactly how that's achieved, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe something to do with the, the heart of it. Not that the Chicago seven doesn't have heart, but, um, no. but on its own. An outstanding it's, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just missing something. Yeah. Uh, with this one, though, it, it really lets the, the, the story sort of speak for itself. Uh, there are some uh, interesting uh, choices. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's an extended shot uh, after well, let, one raid well, of a, a colander just sort of rolling okay, around. But, like, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, though, like, okay, well, then let's jump ahead. Well, let's just in, talk in, about the story. Well, in, yeah, just in terms of Steve McQueen's choices, uh, uh you know, some of the, the he allows things to breathe a, a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and he, uh, as we're always talking about, and there's extended shots and extended scenes. And one of the most effective scenes was uh, at one point about three quarters of the way through when the, the group is threatened to be kind of uh, uh, cut. They're trying to divide them, basically. And it's, yeah. and it's an extended shot. Uh, it's almost like a theater scene. And uh, Letitia Wright's uh, uh, character is, she, her her chin is quivering as she's saying to the restaurant owner Frank. She's saying, "How can you, you know, how can you consider this?" And and I thought that was a devastating scene. It was it was it was really sort of a a point in the movie where where you know decisions have to be made. I think. And uh, uh, but it, this is like I mean those choices. The way McQueen chose to layer everything. Mm-hmm. When you get there, it's it's you by every character's mood. We got to see mm-hmm. Cricklow's in his performance. Uh, and I believe who did, who portrayed Mr. Cricklow? Uh, was it Sean Parks? Parks, yeah. Yeah. So in his, like the way that uh, they presented him, the way he built that, you bought that he was really struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even as and Letitia Wright, she's because they're all under such stress, and I think that's what what McQueen really effectively built was how hard it is if you're in the dock, mm-hmm. how yeah. much stress, how, what the stakes are at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, you never and you never feel like it's hammered on you either. Like you say, it. Yeah, the guy lets the see lets the scene breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was another interesting choice when they all filed back into a, a, a room after some court action, and all it is is a shot of the f- uh, the floor and the, uh, the the shoes, basically the mm. shoes of people as they're adjusting their seats, and it's like a minute long, and it, and it just it's you know uh, I think that's that's uh, a nice little touch anyway. So some people aren't as patient with that kind of thing, but no. uh, I I'm in for the ride, you know I'm in. <laughs> McQueen knows what he's doing, so yeah. Uh, well, what did you? Let's go back to story. Where you know what? We'll just we'll we'll give up on the tellers. Um, yeah. What did you think of the? Like some of the choices made, like I really did buy. I I really appreciated that the, that there really is a first act showing what this, uh, showing 
us what he was going through as a restaurant over, giving us hints to a, a rather uh, adventuresome past, you know, about, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't that restaurant, which actually think, makes me think of a couple of current Winnipeg restaurateurs and their reputation from a previous restaurant, mm-hmm. um, you know, owning a previous restaurant. Uh, but um, yeah, that, that whole first act, it really is setting up the place him, the community, and some of the the lower grade crap they're going through, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I, I just I sort of really I, I felt that they, you know, only having been to London once, that they that they captured captured it quite nicely, like the with the light and the and just the look of the place and and the sort of the feel. I. I, I Music, I think, is something we can't overlook on Tune Find. I think there's about uh, 57 different uh, <laughs> tunes that are credit, credited uh, Toots and the Maytals. And, and uh, you know, the um, uh, small axe comes from uh, Marley's song as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's just really nicely captured. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed the... Uh, First act, you, you seem to have disappeared. Are you still there? Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, you go on. Okay, sure. Um, but um, I, I should mention the, the kind of an interesting little um, note that I wanted to add to this. Uh, Frank Critchlow, um, his daughters. Hey, uh, upside down. Oh, you keep going. Hey, Dan. Uh, two of his daughters became actresses, and uh, you may know one if you watch. Um, Avenue Five, which is the Hugh Laurie science I don't. comedy. Uh, she, uh, one of his daughters, plays Billy, who's probably the smartest person on the ship. She's the engineer, and uh, and it's it's a she's kind of a never thanked and constantly frustrated, and she's the one that basically solves all the problems and gets none of the credit. So it's a it's a great role. Uh, she's been on Doctor Who, and she's sort of a, a British, uh, more often than not, television actress, and uh, uh, she's she's quite good. But um, yeah, so there's a little bit of a uh, pop culture addition uh, there. Um, here, one uh, comment to this. Richard's got a couple of comments here, though based both based on true stories, and I'm assuming that he's alluding to, uh, or he's referring to the trial of Chicago Seven. Um, uh, though based, both based on true stories, small axe mangrove seems more gritty, more real. And then he follows it up with a further comment. Maybe this comes from the in your face police raids and conversations. Um, yeah. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, it was, um, the raids were almost, it almost got to the Monty Python stage because there'd be, you know, one scene of celebration or a card game and there'd be a police raid. And they'd be like, oh, time, what's the lunch special? Police raid. <laughs> there's, there's about 25 or 30 minutes in. It would just be like a scene and then a police raid. And I, I guess they were just going to show how how much uh, harassment they were undergoing. Um, to the point where there was a, 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 a scene of joyfulness. And, and, you know, anybody who watches The Walking Dead or even, say, Jaws, when you have a moment of levity, you're usually punished for it. So it's it's Frank. And it's the ant with the toothpick character and another worker in the restaurant. And they're all kind of having a nice little sing-along in, in the middle of the day. And I I, I fully thought, I, I thought this is exactly like the the Robert Shaw scene in Jaws where he's talking about the Indianapolis and they end up singing and then the shark attacks. I thought, oh, here comes a raid. 
the rain didn't come. But anyway, it was it was kind of a, I was expecting that kind of setup. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, the police raids were pretty constant, and and uh, the character of Frank Pulley, the the police constable, comes across as a real uh, real good villain, like a, a you know it, yeah. Like, pretty irritated by a lot of villains you know they they try too hard or they're genuinely not very uh, uh menacing or what ha- or they come on too strong or whatever but this one was was well handled i hated him immediately and uh, he he proved to be a a fairly good foil for the rest of the rest of the cast there i think but uh yeah yeah it was uh, it, it was one of those movies too it's a little bit hard to watch because it just it made you mad you know i just you know, in the sort of the Mississippi burning kind of way, you're just like, ah, oh, these guys. But uh. well, did you find though, Jim? You know, let's. Uh, did you find though? What I found fascinating was, uh, and this happens here in Winnipeg. Mm. That that our our police are no different. Um, in the '70s and even in the early '80s. The free press would still do, you know, pieces about police like Pulley who were presented as, you know, they knew how to fight with the, quote, breeds, close quote, on Main Street and how wild it was. Mm -hmm. And you kind of we now know what that meant was the same crap he was doing. The same crap Pulley was doing. The same crap current police do now when they're caught on radio. Like there's, you know, and and even there, it's funny, like, because it's it's not like the stuff was happening when he's shooting the movie, but it's the same, you know, the police, when they're being threatened by the people there, they really do go, you're not us. Mm -hmm. The response is so full, so over, like it's... Pulley, I think, in a in a movie from twenty years ago, we might be thinking, "Well, it's a little much." Only now, it's like, no, there is cartoonishly villainous as that. We yeah. they're on radio, they're seen on camera, they're defending themselves as they're trying to take down constituted authority. Mm-hmm. Like they are this bad, you know. They're letting rioters into the into the Capitol building in Washington D.C. Yeah. So I think in some ways. Yeah, his it, the comedy there, or uh, not the comedy. The reason he's 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 bang on is because now we know there are just too many of them like him. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen seventy, twenty twenty. Ah, so much improvement. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? must, just must must be horrifying for for you know if if for people who have seen you know who've been alive and, and witnessing this stuff in 1970 yeah. and then now. Um, yeah. The interesting thing too, is that back then um, the, and I, I don't know what now I, I, I believe Bobby's are not armed. I'll, you know, they have their truncheons or their, their sticks, uh, but they don't have guns. And I thought, boy, if they, I wonder how much worse something like this would have been if, if there were guns, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean it's it's probably easier to shoot somebody to death than to beat them to death. Uh, but uh, um, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, also, well, there was, what, what there have was we no seen? What that? have we seen? It, you don't. I mean, one guy literally just choked him to death by yeah. kneeling on him. 
That's true. You know, the, you know, uh, another death, uh, was just, they threw him in the back of a, of a, of a, of a van and drove around aggressively. Like, I mean, the, the, these, these thugs in uniform know a million ways to hurt somebody that doesn't involve shooting them, that's true. you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think that makes any difference mm-hmm. from time to time, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. The 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 other thing too is that although the documentary uh, documentary I was referring to earlier, uh, it did have uh, footage. Is that you didn't see a lot of media, uh, you know, in the recreation. You didn't see a lot mm-hmm. of media at the right where you might have these days. And also, of course, no, you know, cell phone <laughs> and things like that. And, and uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't. I mean, there there's obviously some film. And it's kind of interesting. It's only an 11 minute film. So it's uh, uh, if you just look up uh, at Mangrove nine on YouTube, you can yeah. find it. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, yikes. It, it's pretty, pretty uh, demoralizing, too, in a lot of ways, I think. So what do you think, though, as far as the film goes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, uh and some of it is you can get so like you said you're it's uh there's certain films where you get you get mad watching it you get caught up in the emotion which i think is exactly what mcqueen wants you to do he wants you to feel their frustration their fear their um and their anger you know mm-hmm. and 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 even that sense of futility is it going to change and and, and for most, it doesn't actually like they, yeah. you know, those people did. There was some progress made, but at the same time, you know, they took care of Notting Hill a different way, much like they do here in North America. Gentrification, like you mm-hmm. said, oh, there's this wonderful Saturday market and nice white people wander <laughs> free ranging, you know, yeah. with their cool hipster artist friends. Like, I mean, it's not what used to be from from my understanding a working class neighborhood mm-hmm. and and I did like the way that he brought in especially uh you see it in the film especially in the first act but it, at the end of the movie we're seeing those pictures and even some pushback from you know black and white community members themselves about you're knocking these you, we're all going to be going into a big concrete yeah. council flat council estate all our properly sized homes are getting knocked down so we can put a free freeway through it, which is very reminiscent of the way those neighborhoods were destroyed in, in uh, New York city or any big, any big American city where they're like, we'll shove all these people into, you know, projects or council estates uh, and everyone else who can, they go, they bugger off to the suburbs and it's highways as far as the eye can see, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted to do that in in a number of places in Canada, but uh, ultimately didn't go through. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I, I like that. There was kind of that almost uh, a kind of streety energy uh, from it. It was all these quick cuts of, uh, of black and white photos. Uh, I had actually mm-hmm. forgotten about until you mentioned it, and I, I sort of liked that along with the music, the energy that that sort of brought. They did a yeah. couple of things. They also they showed a, uh, a couple of um, uh, Jamaican and Haitian resistance leaders. Uh, uh, Paul Bogle was one. I'm just reading this off my sheet. 
Jean-Jacques Dessalines uh, from a couple hundred years ago in, in Haiti. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, what they call, I believe, the slave uprising in the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that was kind of neat. Just sort of, and you could see that there were pictures of these guys on, on the wall uh, of the restaurant. So that was kind of a nice little touch as well. And then there was a little close up of them in case you had missed them in the background. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, and the, the, the idea, you know, that I think they really did really well is that they are in a, that there's a community there mm-hmm. and they are, um, a community that is opposed or like really under pressure from outsiders, including the police, you know, the, the, like, whether it be from the night game of, Hey, if you pull a black, uh, you know, an ace of spades, you gotta go arrest somebody, which Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, you know, it's so gross. Of course they did that. I'm sure there was some Royal commission where, what do you mean? You're wow. You're actually admitting the crime. Okay. I really, that's a game you guys play. Yeah. Well, it's part of hazing and team building. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. Go to it, Rook. Yeah, exactly. Um, what did you, um, was there anything that didn't ring true to you? Yeah, I, I wasn't pulled out by anything. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes when they show a, a judge, and it's it's interesting how similar the judge was in this in 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 the mechanisms of the character mm-hmm. to the one in uh trial of chicago uh, seven uh you know they're both sort of kingly he says my court uh, you know the my courtroom and in which the defense uh the young defense uh lawyer says wait a minute your courtroom and uh just that sort of regalness and and then also the whenever they're addressing the police officers they have to, uh, uh, you know, they, they talk about all their commendations and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, just completely well, and even the, Yeah. Well, but even the bringing up other police officers to kind of yeah, sort of bury everyone with it, the, oh, it's just a few bad apples. Most mm. of them tell the truth, especially if they were nowhere near the scene of the crime. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the... And, and, Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, you go. I was just going to say that the uh, the interesting thing is that these guys did want to pull this off, where they uh, where they uh, kept, they sort of almost framed the Mangrove Nine. You know, they 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 sort of overcharged them on that kind of thing, and they had a real goal in mind. Yet they didn't have the competence to pull it off, and it sort of reminds me of. Uh, somebody down south uh, that I think we've dispatched with for the time being. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just that that you, so you're all staring through the slit, all yeah. four of you at the same time. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that goes to a uh, what, what do we find in, usual, in these things? It's a, a long string of, it doesn't matter how lame what I said, I was believed, so they're just well, we're going to be believed. Mm-hmm. And you, like, it shouldn't actually surprise us because everyone is deferring to them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. right, the judge on down, well, you have to respect him and we should give him respect. And the, the and it happens in Canadian courts. It's, it's, there's that, you, you, you can't just 
kind of question a cop, you have to really demonstrate like he's lying. And even then, much like they do in a British court, we come from the same court system. We can't actually say he's a liar just because we caught him in a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the dignity of the court, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what did you, uh, but going back to the, the only thing I, I get, I worry about, and here's where we got to kind on the kind of count on the storyteller. We got to count on McQueen. And uh, I believe, let me see if I can. Yeah, his co-writer was Alistair Siddons. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, that they really are capturing the time and place. But the only thing being, it's like, yeah, what do I know about early 70s working class London? Mm -hmm. I, I have pop culture ideas. I assume to be gray and dirty most of the time. And they delivered, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's, but how much of that is, am I really capturing the time? Like I, as I wrote down stuff, I was like, well, I, there should be dancing and there should be curry. I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming curry. And then of course, in the first kitchen thing, it's like, we're going to have this curry, that curry, and that curry. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, there we go. Three times. I was right. But, mm -hmm. but how much of that is the filmmaker's delivering to my expectations based mm -hmm. on based on the genre which i kind of thought was slice of life meets courtroom drama you know mm -hmm. the fight for justice uh uh you know it's still a kind of a crime movie you know it's just yeah. the the perpetrators uh in this case with local police yeah so that's that's my only worry is are they really capturing the moment I did like the fact that no one did, seemed to be too shticky 70s in their dress, yeah. their dress and deportment, you know? Mm. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. I finally forced myself to finish watching um, Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Well, and the 80s part, Jim, it's it's offensively 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, oh, it's a caricature of the 80s. We grew up yeah. then. It's like, it was never that ridiculous. Oh, wait, I remember those pants. Okay, that. Yeah. But even that, like it was, it was, it's, it's a, so here, that's my only worry. You didn't feel it, but maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't think it was overdone. Uh, some of the, you know, when you bring that and that's up, for that. anyone in the chat, if they know what I'm you know, t trying to dial in here. I, I sort of think of over, uh, over exaggerated, uh, you know, like uh, good times with the, the Jimmy Walker character or, you know, welcome back Cotter where, where, you know, they, they've, they've each got a walk, you know, it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, white characters and black characters and Hispanic characters. And, um, and, and that sort of like in your face seventies uh, over the top. But this was, I think, it, it it was it was low, sort of high stakes and low key, you know. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and uh, and the high stakes are kind of interesting because when you look at the, you know, if you read about the trial of the Mangrove Nine and say Wikipedia, it, it it doesn't appear to be much at all. Like you know, it's a few sentences, and you think ah, but when you watch it and you see the stress mm -hmm. and you see how it's impacting the people and the. The one uh, woman, uh, Barbara Beast, is, is worried that her kid's going to be put into to foster care like she yeah. was. I mean, you know, this was this was 
uh, I don't think it was inevitable that they were not charged. Uh, but, uh, you know, they had to ride that wave and it must yeah. have been pretty, pretty horrifying. For them. Yeah. But, uh, and I think, but, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Yep. No, I was just going to say in terms of the, of the, the, the seventies, uh, aspect of it, I felt that was sort of low key and it, and it really, uh, the Sean Parks uh, portrayal of Frank Critchlow, uh, not that I know much about him or have seen him before until I watched the, 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 uh, the, the doc, the 11 minute documentary there. I mean, even the end, like when he goes out for a smoke, like that's the that's the that's the sort of the denouement, and yeah. and you know the the their the cases are over, they're having a celebratory dinner, and you can tell he's still uneasy, and he goes out for a smoke, and he looks to see if any cops are outside, and his buddy comes up and said, "Yeah, I'm done with England," and yeah. and 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 he's just sort of like it, he's just having a smoke and just thinking, and and it's a really nice sort of just a. But I, I like the but in that scene there was like a, almost a he, as he's surveying it's mm. his community is returning to some kind of some brief normalcy yeah. like there there isn't any cops spying on them yeah like it's the first it is the first scene where it's just there's no police around from because shortly after the beginning of the movie yeah. it's just. It, it's it, there's not a scene that goes by where there isn't at least one cop spying on them, and then at mm-hmm. the end they aren't there. Yeah. Uh, of course, I did like the judges, and I'd like to know if that actually is in the transcript. But like, oh, there's hatred on both sides. It's like, oh yes, okay, okay, Mr. Trump. Yeah. Um, I want to briefly, Jim, uh, kind of cut in here. We got a, a couple comments yep. in the chat. One of them I'd like to answer. Uh, I'm going to answer this semi-vaguely, Eric. Um, Eric Thorpe asks in the chat, are you going to review the other Small Axe movies? If so, I may check them out so I can actually offer some input on the next stream. You know what, uh, uh, Eric, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, that said, we just appreciate that you're here. And so thank you very much for, for popping in. Um, and uh, feel free to jump in on the conversation regardless. Um what I will say to answer your question, that's something Jim and I haven't discussed yet completely, uh, but we are thinking, and this is something we haven't decided on yet, but I'd love to get your input and everyone else in the chat's input. Jim and I are considering that maybe what we'll do is we'll kind of let you guys know what we're looking at for the next month, say for the next four or five weeks. That'll We'll, we'll still at the end of the show tell you what we're looking at for next week, but even movies beyond that so that, yeah, you can kind of sort, you know, figure out things. Like I understand, you know what, uh, sometimes a week just ain't enough time because you're busy. You've made your plans. So we'll, uh, we'll get back to that. I suspect though, I, I don't know, Jim, I, I gotta admit, I wouldn't mind visiting this series at least one more time. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll probably do at least one, Eric. The, oh, the only thing I should mention is not all of them are, are super long. Some of them are, are just over an hour. I think we the may one do we, a twofer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, continue with the chat, Jim, before we, before Absolutely. we move yeah. on. Um, oh, okay. Richard. Well, at least we got one person who thinks a four to five week advanced schedule would be great. We got one vote for that. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, we uh the upside down 
says on the same subject. Every week I tell myself I'm going to watch the movie you guys are doing, and I don't. <laughs> I love the four to five week. <laughs> Jeez, <we're, laughs> it looks like we're going there. It's too bad Vlad65 isn't here right now because it was his idea. He yeah. suggested it to Jim and I in an email, and it was like one of those things that's, oh, that is a good idea. So He's lurking. We're probably going to do that. But yeah. anyway, we'll we'll make sure everyone knows before even next week we'll put it in the description or something all right uh to the movie uh, regarding the movie and the setting and that capturing the setting richard says i know what you mean about caricature of a decade lots of 50s 70s and 80s movies in particular go over the top with the dress and hairstyles richard feels the same way you do jim and i i i'm hopeful that this movie that didn't do that you know, like it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel no. like it feels legit, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Steve McQueen, unlike somebody, you know, he's speaking from his own community heritage. Maybe like he's our age. He mm. remembers the 70s as well as you and I do, Jim. Yeah. Particular highlights. Uh, but he at least it's something like just as if we were to make a movie about the 70s, we could talk to uh, 70s Winnipeg. We could talk to family and friends to to capture that essence. So I think uh, I think we can trust Mr. McQueen. Everything else seems so honest, yeah. so true, you know, yeah. in a you know, in a filmmaking sense. And, and if you look, there's no sort of like obvious, uh, you know, nobody was wearing anything sort of over the top there was there was some big afros but there was in the documentary as well yeah. you know and and that sort of rings true of uh, of the time there uh yeah no it, it was uh it was interesting and like i said you know if i come away with any image it's it's sort of you know frank and various sort of sev you know uh mild 70s shirts just sort of glowing mm. and smoking a cigarette and just looking worried perpetually worried you know and, and, uh, and uh, yeah. Well, capturing the material, because that seems to be yeah. so important. Like everyone, every movie sort of says, no, we'll go over the top with color and style when it's more about, well, what was the material of the time? Yeah. And I'd say polyester and not mm -hmm. like, didn't have to be loud, but polyester was a material that oh, plastic pleather, kind of, oh, you know, yeah, that yeah. pleathery, yeah. you know, like, I mean, those synthetic cheap synthetic you know wear and yeah. then some of the knitwear that you knitwear, could see yeah. somebody's grandma making yeah. you know of the time you know especially exactly. for uh Letitia Wright's character Althea mm -hmm. and you know it's like yeah I'm buying that this political this young political firebrand true an organizer <laughs> um would be you know the the dress the way she was it yeah. felt legit Without it being a total badge, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was. I mean, that's part of the fun of watching these period pieces as well, you know. Now, but, but how do you mean, like seeing how they capture it? Yeah, or, and, and yeah. just the choices they make, and the and and mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's it, it's something that I think a lot of people are there's are maybe a little bit me included, not fully cognizant about. There's a little bit of an article. Um, if you remember the day that Joe Biden, uh, the Saturday after the election, when all the networks came out and they said, looks like he's going to be president. 
and um, uh, Kamala Harris had this one piece, this white one piece, like it was a suit and a blouse and stuff. Yeah. And for Saturday night, they went on air at about eight. Saturday Night Live costumers had two hours to put that exact outfit together, and so there's there's a bit of an oral history of that on the web where they just went bah, and like, we got to find these materials, put it together for the ten thirty showing. Anyway, yeah. but yeah. It, it's kind of an interesting uh, art in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard says uh, the he feels it makes an interesting point here. He feels that lots of movies use exaggerated dress and hair to represent a decade. I see this as a weakness because they're not able to do it with content. And and yes, I agree. Uh, he says parenthetically, issues, language, attitudes. Um, and yeah, I I agree. There's even that moment when she's. Working with, and, and I love this, there's a great bit of context because there's our all people of the Windrush era, both uh, that, that African, that uh, descendants of the British slave trade, you know, from the West Indies, mm-hmm. and uh, part of the Indian, the India Indian diaspora, you know, exploited labor that was everywhere in the British Empire. And there, when so when she, Althea's character, is talking to them, your trade union has asked me to talk to you about the Black Panther movement and, you know, this kind of solidarity community. Like, I mean, just classic or community organizing stuff. Classic, maybe not community organizing a la Barack Obama, but, you know, like old school revolutionary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have that brief moment where she's having this meeting with them. Then she goes to the bathroom. She walks in the kitchen and there are those women doing their thing. And she notes it, but she, she notes it. It's a moment where she's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was so true. Not just that they show it, not that she, she notes it, but she's like, I got, I, I've got, fish to fry here i you know like yeah. you felt her yet yeah, felt her have a moment like i suspect many a woman activist of the day had those moments you know where they're like i got you know okay next mission it'll be that yeah. you know yeah yeah no that was good i was gonna just as you were bringing that up i thought oh yeah there's another nice little uh nice little bit and, and like you say jim we get to see it enough mm-hmm that we get her discomfort. Yeah. You know? uh, Ahmed is in the house. Jelly duck. <laughs> Richard saying hi. So, oh, this is interesting. Jim, did you find this in Richard? Richard saying to Jelly duck, uh, I think I read the series took its name from that Bob Marley yeah. tune. Uh, small axe. Have you read the same thing that yeah, that's it, where it's from? Or there's the lyric that somehow that goes some something along the lines of a uh, small axe can bring down the largest tree, or, or you know, that's, oh, that's that, what it's working on. Yeah, and that totally makes sense in this context, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what if you were Jim to get back on our quasi agenda briefly? All the all the performances I thought were outstanding. You know, there wasn't yeah. I, I don't think there was I don't think anyone did anything wrong. Uh 
but was there any weak ones to you or was you know or even even in outstanding it's like they're all so damn good everyone yeah. had a moment to be a real character i think it was uh, and and maybe i i have a weakness for uh, ensemble pieces but i thought they each it is almost hard to I mean, you know, Letitia Wright and uh, mm-hmm. Sean Parks had the the bulk of the uh, of the attention on them. Um, but there, there was a lot of little. I mean, you know, all these individual roles added up to a, a really solid ensemble. Whether it was the the aunt, uh, you know, the the cook in the restaurant, or yeah. um, uh, another one that I liked, and you know, of course, I'm going to single out a white guy in an almost all black ass, but I, I, and you know, just for several moments, it was nice to have the, the, um, I believe his name was McDonald, uh, their lawyer, their mm-hmm. sort of young retired yeah. lawyer who came in and just said, you know, he was a bit of a, um, a shit disturber and he wanted to, you know, irritate the judge. And as soon as you saw him and you felt his confidence, you thought, these people might be in, in good hands. You know, it was him and an older uh, establishment lawyer that were working together yeah. uh, to represent them. And then of course the two that had split off to represent themselves, but he sort of had a smirk and he wasn't approached. Like he knew it was serious, but he, it looked like he had something like a plan yeah. and you felt that and he wasn't overconfident, but he was confident. And that was kind of a neat role. I thought for, for him, um, as a supporting character, of course. Yeah. Well, and I would argue, Jim, that that character, what I think part of what works for him is he didn't take over. They weren't yeah. in his hands. Mm-hmm. He was supporting, like, you know, uh, it's these, the the more the revolutionaries that brought him in. Yeah. And he's the one is, I think that's a great idea. You will get to do things I can't. But he's not running the show either. He's letting uh, the the characters drawn in such a way that you don't think he's in charge, or at least I didn't. I didn't feel mm. like, oh, we all have to. He's not Kunstler. Yes. Um, yeah. He's not that. Uh, this is my area of expertise. It's it's almost like he he understands mm-hmm. how rigged the system is, and that he's like, you know what, I. If you guys want change, then we got to kind of exploit this. Yeah, yeah. But he's with the, of course, it's the right crowd that brought him in. You know, it's the radicals that did bring him in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whereas the other lawyers, who were probably, there's only a couple of those lawyers who seemed almost like a stock, well, standard standard white lawyer, you know. Um, But everyone else, like, I mean, the prosecutor... Um, the, uh, the crown, I should say the, even the judge wasn't so comically, and now mind you in the trial of the Chicago seven, apparently that judge was as comic, maybe even, maybe even we didn't get to see as comically ridiculous as he was as comically villainous as he was, but every you bought every character. We only saw saw some of the cops a couple of times, but they were given enough screen time that when we saw them again, we bought them. Yeah. You know, like you weren't going, wait, who's that again? Mm. He was around before. Like, you, I don't think you did that with any character. Yeah. Everyone yeah. has enough physical screen time 
and and enough attention from the camera that you're like, oh, this person is worthy of memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was well established. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say just in terms of, uh, I just remember what I was going to say about Richard's uh, comment on uh, uh, period pieces about exaggerated sort of 50s 60s and 80s styles this uh uh, uh not wanting to distract or go on to off and do attention but take a look at wandavision <laughs> anybody uh anybody who happens to be watching that so uh, you know what i'm gonna defend wandavision oh i like it yeah no but it's it's sort of well but no I mean, when we're talking about the look i am gonna yeah. defend it it is not the same as what we're talking about oh, in yeah, a way you know. it's amping that up but also kind of really leaning into the way sitcoms presented the world to us yeah like i think it's actually really quite accurate in capturing the sitcom look oh, of, of of each of those times which i yeah. uh I, I appreciate about that yeah uh, sure. you know whereas this movie is definitely going for we want to give it's still I guess I would call it maybe natural. It's a, it's a realistic or naturalistic kind yeah. of set design and cinematography and everything. We're not, we're not doing anything super stylized, which I like. I don't feel like I'm in a David Fincher movie. Yeah, you yeah. know where something gross and cruel is going to happen. Yeah, um, and I, you know it's interesting too. Those neighborhoods they benefit. You know, basically the buildings stay the same. But maybe the paint changes and what's hanging in the windows and the type of signs. And, you know, it's, you know, an older, fairly established uh, London neighborhood that's, you know, gone through some things. Uh, You know, it's the same one. Isn't there some Hugh Grant? uh, What's her? What's her? Who's it? Uh, Some rom-com that's set in uh, Julia Roberts. Hugh Grant, Notting Hill. You know, same same neighborhood. So on one hand, it's, it's the place where uh you know black anglo people struggle and the second you know on the other hand it's like a cute setting for a sweet little rom-com well but but i think that's that goes to the politic of both those movies which is why every movie has a politic like we're presented the romantic nodding hill in the movie, the eponymous movie nodding hill as this is the way it's always been and i've always been a a, a somehow affluent, you know, bookseller <laughs> with no customers. Yeah, you know who's you know in genteel poverty. Um, whereas thirty years prior to that film, twenty years is it was a it was what it was what what we saw in uh, the the mangrove, and yeah. it was gentrification. You know, like mm-hmm. has happened. You know, probably the most extreme example we can see here in Winnipeg would be, um, would be I would say Osborne Village. Mm-hmm. You know, there's they've gotten rid of just about all the poor people, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, now they're you know that there's the vanguard here in you know what it called the West Broadway area. You know, there's always been a bit of a struggle back and forth. Wolseley, they've gotten rid of every room and house in Wolseley. Like mm-hmm. that's an affluent an affluent hipster part of town now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and for those folks that y- you don't even need to know the places we're talking about every city of, you know, every city has got those stories of this used to be poor. 
artists moved in uh, as the vanguard for other affluent white people to go, oh, let's clean this place up and make it cool and safe for us. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not uh, gentrification is nothing new. Yeah. yeah. You know, been around forever. (laughs) Probably. I suspect there's portions of uh, old Memphis in Egypt where it's like, you know, this used to be a great working <laughs> Great peasant part of town, and then <laughs> once the aqueducts move in, uh, yeah. you know that this, everything went to this, hell. This temple moved in. So. You know, you let in two Romans, and all of a sudden, <laughs> they've shoved all of us locals out. <laughs> the sandal makers came in, and now it's light industrial. I hate it. <laughs> um, we've got a few folks, a few folks in the chat that are big fans of uh, of Wandavision, and uh, who knows? Maybe that's uh, if Jim and I do uh, actually. I still don't think I'm going to treat Small Axe still as a film series, mm-hmm. not a television series. Yeah, uh, I, it, it shot like a feature. It felt like a feature. Yeah, you know, um, which, uh, but. Who knows? Maybe WandaVision will be something that Jim and I, if we ever do do television, like, and I would call WandaVision television. Uh, yeah. You know, um, it will do that. Uh, but uh, you guys, hey, like I've said before, you guys have your own adventures in the chat. Keep it to a dull roar. Make sure that anyone's trying to get a hold of Jim and I can still. But otherwise, rock on. Um uh, what uh, what I wanted to ask you and and folks in the chat about this? Oh, fudge! Now I'm kind of think I was losing. You lost your place. Lost my place. Well, how about I? I, I just wanted to, to mention a, a couple of things. Is is one of the interesting things right now is that uh, I, I'm kind of half watching uh, the Ripper on. Uh, on uh, Netflix, which is about mm-hmm. the Yorkshire Ripper and and uh, PC Frank Pulley, who's the sort of lead antagonist in this movie. You know, he's coming down hard on the on the Afro Caribbean population of Notting Hill. He's saying, "Ah, we don't want your spicy food. Oh, you're wrecking our, you're destroying our neighborhoods." And I, you know, take a look. Hey, Pulley, go up to Leeds for an afternoon. And or whatever. <laughs> take a look around Lancashire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, and and he goes, "Oh, we don't want your spicy food." You know, we don't want your food. You know, what kind of yeah. food is this? He goes, "Oh, it's spicy food." And it, yeah, you got to put throw a few more things on the menu. Got to throw a few more fi- <sighs> like what boiled tomatoes? Like early seventies, <laughs> oh, early seventies traditional English, English breakfast. With fried bread, mm. they should they should have been begging people from the West Indies to come. And, I can tell you in a second, and maybe I wouldn't have. Well, been but that's that is why Birmingham is now the capital of East Indian cuisine. Yeah, because well, all these people came, and folks from India, India, you know, um, and and that cuisine stayed. Yeah. That's why every English person knows where the, they all have a favorite curry place. Because, yeah. you know, white, brown, black, Asia. Yeah, where, wherever you are from the massive Asian continent, yeah, you know where you're. You know your curry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, um, and, and you know he's he's sort of he's he's coming down hard on their culture and the you know oh the way you do this and the way you do this and the way you date our women and yeah. and a few other things. Of course, and, the the they're, they're sleeping with our women. Yeah, so, yeah. I was unaware it was your property. Uh, but I, I angry sort of, angry white guy. <laughs> you know, yeah, I sort of thought maybe you guys have a few other things to concentrate on besides these new interesting people that have come into town and improved your cuisine and you know your neighborhoods <laughs> well, and, and them, add to know. it bring yeah, a little exactly. little little color a little different flavors yeah. uh ahmed does refer to you now this is something that the, the english do quite well fish and chips yeah, yeah. i'm uh now i want some fish and chips tartar sauce <laughs> lots extra tartar sauce um what about uh, you know, I want to kind of go to what, what do you think McQueen's point was with this movie? What is he? What are we all supposed to be understanding afterwards? Like, I think I think it's probably something to do with the fact that um, you know, it, I think it has to do with the ingredients of a community. Really, I mean, uh, on one hand, it's it's they sort of take a look at the mangrove as, you know, in one way it's it's a restaurant, but, you know, it becomes clear that it's not just a restaurant, you know, especially for the for the expats or the, the, the people who have come from away is that it's that it's a cornerstone. It's a it's an, an existential. It's a clubhouse. Uh, yeah, it's a cornerstone of of who they are. And, it, and yeah. it's, it's not just a place where you grab a meal, but it's a it's a. A, a place for you know uh, companionship. I was going to say brotherhood, but that's not exactly. No, it's it's a community hangout. Yeah. Like I mean, it's yeah. where you go, where you feel like the 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 when the little old lady brings in her savings that she was saving yes, to maybe yeah. go back home, and she says, "No, this is my home away from home now." You know, and how important it is, and the Letitia Wright, the Althea character, referring to it as an an institution. Yeah. You know, and how important it is because to attack that place and the cop, I don't think he was like some, oh, I, I I will crush them by crushing. You know, he's just he he viscerally, I think, understands what it is. But yeah. this is where the analysis comes in is sh her. She gets it. It's like, no, this is more important. It is not just a restaurant. Yeah. And everyone kind of gets it. It's her, she kind of, her and uh, some of her, her fellow travelers uh, get that it's like, we've got to make sure everyone knows to attack this restaurant is to attack us because mm -hmm. this is the place we feel most comfortable. We feel accepted. We feel ourselves. Yeah. And uh, to attack that place is to put us all down, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know, if you if you're a fan of anything like uh, Anthony Bourdain's uh, shows or anything like that, you're aware that ethnic restaurants, especially, are important to the diaspora. You know that, that yeah. they're important to the people that have left their home countries. But I, I, in this one, I thought it was really that part of it was really drummed up. Like I hadn't seen it put that strongly in anything mm -hmm. before. To the point when they're speaking in the courtroom, and he said. You know, one of the, the fellows, I think it was the Dar, uh, Davron, Darvon, 
character, the one that was representing himself, he said, you know, Dacry, I want to say. Yeah, I'll look it you up. Know what, I'll find it. I'll find it. But Here it was, it was, uh, he said, it's not Frank's restaurant anymore. It's, it's the community's restaurant anymore. And Frank didn't protest that. I think, you know, as he sat there, you know, scrubbing out a pot at 3 a.m., he might have something to say about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, he didn't fight that thought that it, it, you know, he may have started it, but it was the community's. It was the community's place. And, yeah, darkest, darkest. That's it. Yeah. Darkest. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I think that's part of it. I also think that part of the point of the film was to kind of show how, you know, how a community can defend itself. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Like there's. Like, I mean, okay, you know what? Actually, the overt point right off the bat was here's a piece of history that, um, that, that, uh, especially the people in the United Kingdom, uh, definitely probably aimed at black United Kingdom citizens. Uh, but even part of the, you know, the folks that got, Brought in on the wind rush and then kicked out in a, a you know a, a splurge of Brexit racism, um, to 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 let this hey there was a time when we fought back so there's that history thing in that, and when I say myth I don't mean it's a myth, but these stories are beyond just a documentation of X happened and then on this date Y happened and but there's that myth telling that makes the story someone's own you know so mm -hmm. if you're a member of that community you kind of you get to take that on and go why you know we could do it like they did it mm -hmm. and that is i think one of the points of this was to to kind of to to tell the story of a community that organizes itself it wasn't althea is not it's not Stephen Biko's savior or like it's it really is the it's not a tale of outside organizers. Even the lawyer doesn't come in until a year after yeah. their first trial mm -hmm. when it got thrown out um, that these people have been fighting this fight for years and he comes in as an expert and an entertaining one and a, a, an ally, but not the savior of them. It's yeah. still their own, their their own drive, their own uh, community solidarity. Like mm -hmm. even when you know sh uh, they're having that last moment where Frank is is you know coming close to just giving up, and you, you have a great deal of sympathy for him, mm -hmm. but you get why Letitia Wright's character is right, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Katie brings up in, uh, here, let's, uh, let's sec here. Uh, Katie, you date our women because we can't think for ourselves. I actually think it's worse than that. And it wasn't, you date our women. I think it was even crasser than that. You, it, the intent is they may have said date, but I think the intent is you, you take our women. Yeah. And not that they can't think for themselves. It's like, that's our property. That's my, like, in, in many respects, I think that cop has, kind of like we talked about when we were looking at Christmas Crossfire, he is the worst toxic man. And we all know this guy. And that idea that his identity is so wrapped up in that, that ever, any any a woman not thinking for herself, but acting for herself is that's just such a threat to him. 
and especially somebody that he puts lower lower on the totem pole. Yeah, I think it's darker than uh, darker than even uh, uh, than even your uh, 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 putting it there, Katie. Of course, you yeah. know. This white male will now explain feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag mansplaining. <laughs> I, Katie, I'm not trying to explain this to you. I am just, I, I'm saying I think it's darker than you're even willing to put in, in the chat. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> what, uh, back to meaning though. Yeah, like I, I do. I think that's I think that's part of what McQueen's trying to say is 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 to create this myth in a positive sense, this culture story. Uh, mm-hmm. These people can be culture heroes. They can go beyond the documented facts of what these people did. Uh, some of which, who I'm sure, are dead now. I think Frank uh, Frank is dead, isn't he? Yes. The, yeah. Sean Parks' character. Yeah. Uh, he's passed on. I'm sure a number of them have passed on. He's, but uh, that, part of his funeral is on YouTube. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's that. It's almost like a, and, and perhaps as a, a, a coming from where he's coming from, maybe it is. It's a hey, you got to be reminded of this because it's not like the power structure has changed. Like one iota. It's, I mean, I, I think, like even when we talk about uh, our own hometown's police force, it's only when they have gotten so bad that there's some massive outrage of the community, the whole community, that there is any kind of change and they resist it at every point. It's only the the uh, police or any of these powerful institutions that have control over others, they resist that change like nobody's business. And it's almost like part of the message, I think, in this film is, yeah, you got to remember that because they will backslide the first second you give them mm-hmm. a chance, as we have, as as our recent history have demonstrated this to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um... I was going to mention one thing that, and then I've, oh yeah, I was actually going to read this uh, just when you were speaking there to uh, sort of the, the, the meaning of it. There's one point that uh, Althea, uh, the uh, Letitia Wright character, uh, the character that Letitia Wright plays, she said when they're discussing, when they're having that big argument, uh, whether or not to sort of stay in the same group you know just hang together Mm -hmm. uh she says this way we can show we're not just victims but protagonists of our own story of our own story yeah i think that sort of goes a long way to explaining the 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 full purpose uh, you know uh, part of the purpose of this this yeah it's almost he's stating part of the theme right there in that character saying Mm -hmm. hey we can yeah we get to be the stars of the movie you know we don't we're not just chumps in the dock yeah, you know, yeah. and everything happens around us, and we hope we're not thrown in jail. Yeah, I want to yeah. go back. Now, I, I was, I, I, and I'd be curious what people think in the chat too. And Jim, like talking about the Bechdel test, which, I mean, it's it's not necessarily the most the most perfect thing, and that's because it was a comic artist who was just trying to make a, a a political joke, but a joke. Yeah, I still think it has value, mm-hmm. uh, but. Do you agree with me? Like, we actually only have one scene 
um, if memory serves. And that's actually Letitia Wright's character, Althea, is talking to Barbara Beast. Mm-hmm. She, uh, Althea comes out and says, hey, how, how, how's, how's, uh, how's uh, Darkus? So it's starting about oh, talking yeah. about a guy and he's like, well, you know, he's, he's getting ready for a speech, blah, blah, blah. And she's not him, your child. Okay. A boy. But then they have a real moment because the woman is really trying to connect with, uh, like, uh, like, I, I think it still qualifies because it's these two women just trying to, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, and, and acknowledging, even though it might be talking about the little boy, acknowledging that as, as a woman, she's got more to worry about mm-hmm. than just, oh, will I go to jail? There's the whole, yeah. there's everything that is landing on this woman. So I, I'm, again, you and people in the chat, I, I what do you think? Am, am I, yeah, no, does I, it kind of meet the, maybe if not the exact letter of it, the, the spirit of the Bechtel test? I think it does. And I, even to the point where, you know, it's written as a surprise, like, no, no, I was talking about your son, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that was kind of an interesting little, little sort of a hiccup, uh, I thought, and mm-hmm. not a sort of a planned hiccup, I should say, is, is that it, it even struck me. I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting line because, you know, usually these things are so on point. They're just talking about the case. So they're just talking yeah. about this and that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it sort of hits the spirit of it. Uh, they're not necessarily talking about a Tom Cruise character or whether or not he can weather the challenge that's been laid in front of him or anything like that. You know, it just, ha- mm-hmm. now it's, it's kind of hard because of the, of the nine defendants. You have two of them are two of them are women, seven yeah. are men. And, uh, you know that, that it's kind of we were talking about a past movie. I think there's only one woman in it. <laughs> it's sort of hard to have, and barely in yeah. it. Yeah. Oh wait, there is the uh, the infiltrator in in this one. Oh wait, are, are we like I, I? I'm sorry. I kind of assumed you were talking about Jim. Uh, oh, my bad. I thought you were. I thought you were talking about the one. Well, really, two women in um, the. In the Chicago, the trial of the Chicago 7, where one of them is actually an undercover cop, and the other is, okay, they had a smart mouth receptionist who, in real life, was a real badass, like a a, a real activist that they gave no room to. Here, and I did, I wrote it down, oh, and I got a shout out, uh, I, I received, oh, good grief, I should... I received a care package from friends in Germany. Uh, one of them, DJ, DJ Katz, wow. Katz Records, even wearing the. Holy cow. Oh, wait, here. It'd probably be easier if I did it like this. I, I got some merch. Wow. <laughs> and some harem bow, uh, like German gummy bears. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Not sharing that. those with you people. Um, but I wrote it down and I was, I was like, there better be more women doing stuff. Letitia Wright looks like she's doing stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, she really is. She's, and she is so outstanding in this without ever once feeling fake. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Talk about not just great direction. Like this is, 
This is light years ahead of what she did in Black Panther, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Like, that's almost, that's great Marvel, kitschy, girl, you know, almost a girl power thing. Whereas this is like, no, that's, uh, if you're involved in the community, you know her. (laughs) You might be a little afraid of her, you know, like a force of nature in a meeting, you know. And I and I didn't question. I think the other thing. Oh, sorry. Were you you're adding? No, to no. Your you point? go go. I was just going to say that. Um, yeah, and I think another thing that that we may not pick up on. I you know, and I guarantee there's sort of British references. And I did watch this with sound uh, with uh, subtitles, by the way, just so I knew uh, everything that they were uh, saying. Because some of it is is a little bit slangy, but um, yep. Uh, all these actors are probably dealing with uh, accents that they may not, that may not be their natural accent. I think so. Letitia Wright's doing a sort of a, you know, a Caribbean accent of some kind, mm-hmm. you know, one of the characters is Trinidadian. Another one is from other, you know, they're well, all she from is Guyanese British. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's gradients too, right? Like one country sounds a little bit different from another country and, and stuff. And so that's, something that I don't necessarily pick up on. It's not just a, a, that general kind of Jamaican, uh, yeah. Jamaican accent, but uh, I, I guarantee there's there's sort of little details that I miss out on myself, but uh, uh, that, that's sort of just another thing that adds, and, and she sounds great. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, at no point did I ever question the authority of her character. Like I was oh. like, yeah, you're, you you're brought her. But, you I, know? but I think like, I mean, to give like, I'm looking at, okay, she's 27 now. She's not a kid. She looks younger than she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, just to own that role with, the like, the confidence and the arc. Like, mm-hmm. all these, what could have been a flat arc movie. Um, and I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to the the the, the trial of the Chicago 7. Where you can kind of say that there's very minimal arc for any of the characters, except maybe, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Californian, oh. the played by a British guy. Oh, yeah, Tom Hayden. Yeah, hey, Tom Hayden, yeah. You know, where there's a bit of an arc for him. Like, every character has a bit of an arc, but not a, nothing like these people do. And I think they all had... Or maybe not everyone, but Letitia Wright did. Uh, the Sean Parks uh, character had an arc. Like they had to kind of deliver a, a, a performance of people who are like fundamental, not just affected by the issue, but affected by what happened and how they got through it and how it ground on them. You know, yeah, um, yeah you, you, she, her character in a way becomes the. Uh, as she has her moment, her key culminating moment in, uh, you know, which took her shoe off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. What did you do with that? <laughs> like the George Bush press conference in Iraq or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Took her shoe off. Uh, but uh, she, she comes, it is, it's like you've seen a character grow. Uh, you know, from being the local firebrand to somebody who her her liberty is at stake, and yet she can still and she, it's emotionally grinding her, and she can still, you know, come through. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Now I'm getting a little choked up actually. Now, 
Yeah, no, it was it was. Uh, I'm I'm sort of eager to see what else the uh, the series uh, deals with. Uh, you know, there's the Boyega one, of course, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and there's uh, I think there's like a love story, but it sort of not a you know. There's a there's another one that's sort of a profile of a particular activist. I took a yeah. quick look at them, but it's sort of an it's a very interesting project. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's one of those movies. It's one of these things that I would have, you know, as a teenager, you're like say movies tell me more about the world and you know that's like you know i i sort of put that yeah um listen jim i'm gonna take this opportunity first to take a quick break uh folks i do uh want to uh take this opportunity to beg for your love beg for the like if you haven't subscribed already please subscribe please and then, of course, uh, last but certainly not least, don't forget to ring the bell. There you go. For that kind of operation. Sound effects, practical sound effects and everything. No cost Um That was another thing, actually. You alluded to it earlier. But the sound of this film, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, the sound design was great. Like, every place sounded like it should. You heard noises when you needed to hear noises. Uh, mm-hmm. Folks, for those of you who didn't watch last week's episode, uh, uh, strongly recommend it. Um, we had Curtis Judd on. He is a, uh, a sound lighting and sound YouTuber tech guy. He also does independent sound mixing. And it was he mentioned it last week. And today, actually, in his live stream, uh, and I'll put a link down in the either probably in a pinned tw- in a pinned message. I'll put a link to his today's. But Jim, he was actually kind of going through his mixing of the show he he had mentioned last week, and so he kind of walked us through some of the mixing. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at this movie the same way. Like he's going for a vibe where if you hear a noise, you're supposed to hear it. Otherwise, it should just sound like it. So we hear breaking glass and broken stuff. And, you know, when the police are raiding and causing havoc and breaking stuff, then we hear it. But otherwise, it's it's subdued. It's not it's not tenet where everything is thrown at us and we got to figure it out. Especially in a movie, like you say, with the accent so not used to a North America. Like they're they're not they're not caricatures but I'm not used to hearing them. Mm-hmm. And so we get to hear acts. So the dialogue, we get to hear it. Yeah. But other than music where it was kind of diegetic, I think it was only at the beginning, but they never once used otherwise a big money pop song. I don't think mm-hmm. like a little bit of under pressure at the end. Yeah. Was that? Um, yeah. You know, like I think it was, yeah, like there's a lot of Billy Ocean. There's but some... otherwise, no big '70s pop tune, which yeah. you know a, a, a regular movie would blow too much money on. This is how we know it's the '70s. Listen, should be dancing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there was some uh, the specials that they they play some of that. Uh... Well, I think that under pressure, but I'm not sure if that was the specials or was that a did the specials do under pressure? Yeah, as a and I'll look it up, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I can't recall. I mean, I, I, I loved, I loved the uh, soundtrack. It sounded, it, it was uh, kind of great. It made me want to break out a few of my old 
cassettes there, but uh, uh, even something like the English Beat, which came a little bit later, which is kind of uh, fun to listen to. But uh, well, maybe that's what I'm thinking of too. Is yeah, the English but Beat? They're, they're a, or they're, the Beat? Yes, until yes. they came to New York or North America, where they had to go. All right, apparently we're English. Let's differentiate ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting because. Uh, one of the singers on the uh, one of the English Beats uh, records in the liner notes is credited with toasting, which I wish I might have been an early form of rap. But uh, yeah. Oh, listen. To, okay, so I'm on Wikipedia, Jim. Mm-hmm. Here, let's. Uh, apparently, under pressure, um, originally released as a single in October 1981 uh, by Queen. Yes. And singer David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, background. 40 yeah, years it's old. Like a, it's a pop song. 40-year-old pop song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. And it was when Queen went, buggered off to Montreux, Switzerland. No, Chris. Never mind. Well, because here, I never, uh, you know what? Uh, Electric Avenue. I just yeah. thought of it as an 80s pop song. I didn't know it had this real London, you know, like part of a another racist uh, racist yeah. police, you know, pressuring a community and a community pushing back. And that's Electric Avenue. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? Uh, just the name brings back so many... <laughs> Boy. I mean, yeah, 80s kind of dance bar Boy. going to scandals or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Strawberries. Strawberries is another one, yeah. Wow. But no, no, a very, very fine uh, uh, soundtrack. I, I need yeah. to sort of take a deeper look at it. A lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of credits there. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, but not that, but you know what I mean? Not that yeah. really obvious well, sort of like the, the the clothing choices that nothing uh, requires, you know, nothing stands out too much. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're never mashing all of the buttons on the yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's actually no, no. We just need this one, which I think goes back to how effective McQueen is. It is he's, he's letting the subject matter speak for itself. Yeah. Like the story, as you say, the story tells itself. It's like, I don't need to really hammer it home. I We can be gentle. The subject matter is enough. Yeah. We, yeah. I don't, he's not heavy handed. Like even, yeah, there's some interesting shots, but there's also interesting blocking that allows actors more physicality, allows them to be in a room with each other, yes. you know, um, you know, move within space. Uh, you know, how many times is somebody getting up from a table and we see that person interact with people at that table, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, which I was really kind of impressed with that. Or, or even as those two guys, the, the local hood, the local oh, yeah. drug dealing gambler uh, and them driving and just having those moments with them just in the car and then all of a sudden everything changes when they see a couple kids running and, and yeah. cop getting you know roasting another kid and yeah yeah you know, uh, yeah what um yeah i don't know like i mean in some ways 
this might be in some ways our most challenging kind of movie, Jim. I have no complaints. What can yeah. I complain about yeah. in this movie? Like, I got nothing. This has got to be one of the rare times where I'm like, literally, well, what? Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it could have been a, an 11 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, sure, it can accept that 10 out of 10 is the most you can get out of 10. I think, I think we Maybe. need to watch, need what? To watch Showgirls next week or something really. <laughs> we can rip it. <laughs> like a four-hour show, but... Uh... Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's not going to happen. Well, yeah. listen, I, yeah, I, uh, but, yeah, I don't know where we go from here other than just continue to sing its praises. Yeah. Uh, do you want to before we kind of, kind of maybe dig into our notes and get into final thoughts? Why don't we? Why don't you know, Jim? Why don't you tell everyone what we at least what we're going to be watching next week? Ah. Um. And uh, I can even, uh, with your permission, if you can tell everyone what we are watching next week. Okay, so uh, we're going to, uh, back to our, our Does It Hold Up series, and we're taking a look at Bowfinger, which is, uh, in my humble opinion, one of the uh, more underrated movies, uh, comedies out there. Uh, yeah. just, a, just a great, great movie. Yeah. Frank and- Oz directed. Uh, I I'm I'm with you on that one, Jim. I do, but it'll be interesting. The movie it's not from the '80s, early '90s, if memory serves, uh, but still a yeah. Well, we'll find out. Maybe we'll look at it and go, ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's uh, I mean one of the more one of my favorite parts is the. Yeah. Now we need a crew, and then they, there's a quick edit to uh, people running across the border. <laughs> it's just sort of uh, that's one of oh, the nice. It's just skitters. a great running gag. Yeah, and like, they're, they're, oh, just get in the truck. Yeah, yeah, and they're all reading, uh, you know, like uh, Hitchcock on film. You know, <laughs> when they they cut to them, they're all sort of they're totally... really film comment. <laughs> Yes. Like the snootiest. <laughs> well, it's not ka to to cinema, but close yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a great, great movie. Yeah. Good heart too. Um, I haven't been able to find the trail or the yeah, I didn't. Oh wait, that's that's a lie. I think I did send you the picture, Jim. Um, bear with me. No, sure. Uh, I do want to with if it's okay with you. I'm also going to tell people we do know what we're going to watch the week after as well. So might as well give you folks a heads up. Uh, I think, Jim, I think we can make our decision now that we will start just publishing, you know, as far ahead as we can go, sure. you know, up to four or five weeks. So everyone's okay. set. We're set. We're going to do our best to set you up for success. This is something, though, I did uh, I asked Jim uh, if he wouldn't mind just uh, pretty much agree with me sight unseen for this bit of nonsense. And if I can just oh, yeah. find it. Ah, uh, there we are. Okay. Oh my goodness, it's such a small. All right, you're gonna have to trust me. It's called Space Sweepers. It's on Netflix February 5th. So February 7th, we'll be looking at Space Sweepers. It's a Korean, Korean, uh, or no, is it? Yeah, it's Korean, a Korean space movie. Uh, and it's it's called Space Sweepers because that's basically they're the garbage they're salvagers, i.e. the garbage people in space. And it looks kind of just 
fun and bonkers. Kind of it. It's got a heisty vibe. Uh, it is Korean, so get your subtitle game on, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks so bonkers. Like every now and then, you just need something stupid, silly. We've we've been getting some pretty, pretty solid, but also pretty deep films. I think yeah. of late, so you know, have a little uh, fun. Have a little fun. That's mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm up for. Uh, oh, Richard, uh, go back to Bowfinger though. It's Richard. I love Bowfinger, or at least I did. Who knows? Maybe we're going to wreck them. <laughs> yeah. And he, is, <laughs> he is looking forward to watching it. If memory serves, when we're first looking at this, I think, I believe I found it on, uh, Google play movies. Uh, but, uh, you know, what? Uh, I'll, I'll see if it's anywhere else and make sure that's in the description for when we put up the thumbnail and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering, thinking out loud again, uh, and this is a message for the folks uh, 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 still with us in the chat. Do we want to set up, because I can always set up a Google form, and maybe we want to set up an email list where, where we can, you know, kind of give everyone a heads up of what it is, where we found it, or some way we can keep each other informed or something. Yeah. It's just an idea. Nothing I would pull out of my AWS for next week or anything, but, you know, I, what do you think, Jim? Is that yeah, something? That's a, that's a great yeah. idea, yeah. 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 You know, well, love to hear from you folks in the chat. We do know we have at least, uh, we've got more than one vote for uh, us uh, uh, looking at WandaVision eventually. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll definitely take that under advisement. Um, all right, Jim, um, when I say final thoughts, yeah, what else do you want to, what were some of the nuggets um, that you saw in the film that you want to talk about? Oh, there's uh, a little bit of uh, the language story. I'm just I'm just looking down at uh, at my notes. I did take a look at Google Street View, and the uh, number oh, eight yeah. All Saints Road is uh, uh, pr- much to uh, PC Frank Pulley's dismay. I'm sure is um, <laughs> still a Jamaican. You know, uh, Frank Critchlow's uh, restaurant closed down in 1992, uh, but it's now uh, still a Jamaica or like a caribbean place called the yep. rum kitchen uh, well according to google street view it might have changed recently and who knows with covid but it was still a, a caribbean place um Could still get a roti yeah yeah and and uh there is um there is a frank pulley retired from the met on uh on linkedin <laughs> i suspect i suspect <laughs> It has nothing else. It just says Frank Pulley. Yeah. So if you're do, if you're doing a search, uh, yeah. if you're doing a search there, uh, well, uh, you'll find that. Well, I think that's what I would like to do. I'd even like to try and find a book on the subject. Yeah, you know, to kind of de- take a bit of a deeper dive into it. I think one of the reasons. Well, it, you know what? We've all experienced this. We it happens to us in Canada. It happens to everyone else. It's like if it's about America, Wikipedia has. An extensive Wikipedia entry on yeah. it. Uh, the rest of us, less so. I do, Jim. I think we uh, we do got to give a shout out to our man in Chennai, oh. Shashank Shashank Vacheri. Apparently woke up real late, but joined us anyway. Thank you so much for dropping in there, Shashank. We are just moving into our final thoughts. Uh, I can say though, at the beginning. Um, both Jim and I did feel it was worth your, uh, worth your time. 
um, we're fans of this flick. Uh, but we'd love to know what you think. Like, I mean, if you've, if you've got a take on it and always good to see, uh, other folks in the chat, uh, welcoming, uh, welcoming each other. It is folks. And I said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, Jim and I have the best chat on the internet. You know what? Hands down. Curtis Judge is pretty good. Really good actually. <laughs> but you know what? You guys take it to another level. Thank you very, very much. Um, the the uh, only other thing I was going to add is is part of the joy of this movie was uh, some of the language that, you know. That oh, a yes. Of, mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, I, I wrote down some. I still am not 100% what Chana Man is, which is what the hothead uh, in the in the trial calls the judge and gets slightly in trouble. But they mm-hmm. refer to jumbies a lot, which is a type of an evil spirit. Um, Kalalu is a kind of a uh, Letitia Wright's character reference. It's a type of food. Uh, Kunumunu. I, I suspect I'm swearing really badly. <laughs> you know, if somebody's watching this in the in the Caribbean, but uh, <laughs> um, and there's a lot of that sort of um, um, a lot of that sort of bomba clot, uh, blood clot uh, uh, stuff that that comes from uh, uh, Jamaica. If What's the name of the book? Uh, A Brief History of Seven Killings, I think it was, that I read (laughs) very slowly a few years ago about sort of rotating around uh, an assassination attempt on Bob Marley uh, in the 80s and uh, a very sort of uh, violent and nasty um, and not brief uh, novel, but pretty interesting nonetheless. Yes. Oh, my goodness. 706 page. Yeah doorstop you said brief history <laughs> brief my <laughs> you know what yeah but it's it's i mean in terms of uh in terms of if if you it's like reading train spotting you know yeah. it's just like this is this is it's it's a fun exercise because it's different you know it's a different language different use of language uh the computer comes in handy uh yeah so Mm-hmm. Oh, here's uh, here's another message from Shashank. And yes, uh, for those of you uh, counting, uh, Jim and I kind of broke. Not did we just reach uh, 100 subscribers. Oh, we kind of kicked its you-know-what. I was on uh, another live streamer show this morning, and he was kind enough to really shout it amongst his subscribers, said, hey, let's get them over 100. And we're at 110 now, Jim. That's amazing. Crazy, eh? Uh, And uh, with any luck, we'll keep them. Again, because you guys are the best chat on the internet. So um, uh, I know you'll give any any of these folks who discover oh. us uh, the welcome you give each other. And, uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool, eh? Like, I mean, yeah. uh, you know what, we're uh, – uh, and, yeah, I was super jazzed. And it's just – we didn't yeah. have enough time before the show to kind of yeah, have yeah. that moment. Uh, but thank you very much, Shashank, for, for commenting on it. Otherwise, I probably would have been like, blah, 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 okay, goodbye. Oh, Jim, by the by. Yeah. <laughs> I it was no. like ninety three on Friday, so that's uh, that's that's yeah. fun. That's, yeah, that's we've awesome. done uh, we've done very well, and it, it, it did. It happened in twenty minutes. Yeah, okay. like I was just a shout out on another <laughs> on another show. We were we were going back and forth, and I was talking about what we do, 
uh, mostly to a left-wing crowd because that's, I know for any, I know this may shock you all, but I'm kind of left-wing. <laughs> uh, but I was talking about it and he was like, ah, let's, oh, there's only at 93. Come on, folks, we can, we can have, let's get him over a hundred. It was like, B-b-bank. oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Milestone achieved. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Um, and speaking of which, yes, uh, I am going to take this, uh, just take a minute here, folks, to uh, uh, encourage you. And I will, I'll put something in. Uh, uh, he's called I Dan Simpson. That's his kind of handle. And I'll put a link to his Twitch channel in uh in in a, a pinned comment so these links i'm talking about i'll make sure they're in a pinned comment uh go give them some love and uh because yeah he certainly uh gave me the love this morning and i've just you know uh i'll also uh also put his twitter handle in there um but uh, uh to those of you who were part of what got us there wouldn't even been close wouldn't have even happened uh you know, Dan, Katie, Shashank, Eric, uh, you know, at, uh, thank you all so much. You're, you know, if Jim and I, what success we have is so dependent upon you guys coming in and giving us the energy to keep doing this. You know, Jim, we've been doing this for, I mean, heck, over a Same year. Here. Yeah. You know, or no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We did it for the rest of and we're coming up on a year, yeah, you yeah. know. We're coming cool. up to award season. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and no, yes, great. folks, we will have an award program. We're still working that out with some of our, you know, and 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 some of our collaborators. There's a heads up. We'll we'll be coming to you to see how we can all work Getting together on an award program. Um, uh, any anything else you wanted to talk about in those kind of little those magic moments, Jim, about the uh, show? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention one thing I had in my notes. Uh, one of the jurors looked like they pulled him out of, uh, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I noticed he had, often had ascot, uh, sort of ascots, and he had the wavy, uh, Robert Plant hair. Yeah. I just thought, that's the, that's an awesome extra. That's some good extra work right there. I mean, you're not supposed to stand out of, of yeah. course, as an extra, but he totally, you know, sometimes people put on a, extras or, atmosphere players as they used to call them in the 20s um yeah. they just throw out a wig or something call them background performers now yes that's oh did they the, yeah that's the technical uh background performer yeah. that guy was awesome i just thought and he and he he looked a little skinnier than robert plant but he was like full-on led zeppelin uh mm. styles uh really cool yeah. but uh he and, definitely and uncomfortable in his suit yes. which yeah. I, I you know i was i was buying that yeah, guy oh, yeah. would be uncomfortable in a suit. He's yeah. like, well, they are giving me free lunch. <laughs> hey, it's an excuse not to be at work because it's the early 70s. Work's going to suck. Yeah. Uh, not that it's such a wonder now, but yeah. you know what I mean? What did you think? There was another moment that I, I, I appreciated as they were kind of the cameras cruising through the restaurant as the... He's going outside early when it's all kind of still kind of nice. And there's a white, like very early 70s, almost, or maybe even late 70s, Parker Stevenson hair, you know, the big part over. And he's wearing one of those ties, which is really almost like a choker thing. Yeah. 
you know, and I was like, I remember that. And it was like, yeah, that like, you know, not a lot were wearing it. Like you had to, but the, the, the background performer, they put in that look. They're like, no, no, you'd be able to, you would be able to sell this now. Never mind in 1971, (laughs) back to what you're talking about. Um, for myself, like I was really kind of amazed at uh, partly just how happy I was, Jim. Like, and, and honestly, how happy I was that this movie was as good as it was. Because mm-hmm. I was really kind of like, I mean, as much as I enjoyed uh, uh, the trial of the Chicago Seven, I was worried. It's like, oh, I want to see something at least that talks about the politics that, you know, gives us that context. Otherwise it's, it, it's a weird kind of whitewashing. I yeah. like that. The fact that the, that there were positive white characters in the background. Mm. It wasn't all just, it, it's, if there's a negative white character, it's, it's the one of power. Mm. Cause even then, you know, people in the jury, like most most people were kind of, oh, this isn't right. This smells bad. This, mm-hmm. you know, people under, you know, have a visceral sense of justice, yeah. you know. Um, and even though racist AF, even then it's like, mm, this just doesn't pass the smell test. It's yeah. why the first case was basically laughed out of court, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, uh, where the hell was I going with this? Well, there was white white know, people in terms of the white representation. There and then was I just kind of at the demonstration that were you know you could see that there was yeah it wasn't just black people uh, it was it was white and black and, and yeah but at the same time not no whitewashing no stripping these people of their agency or anything I really like that I like that that it was rooted in a in a black working class experience of yeah. you know. Like that they, yeah, it was just, yeah. And, and again, I've gone back to uh, the Althea character. This is not somebody who visited the community to organize them. This is someone like that. They're all, they're all members of that community, grew up in it, in, yeah. you, you know, that they, and that they were able to. And when I say they were able to, I mean, the filmmakers were willing to let to to let them do what they actually did, which is analyze their own experience, understand who their real enemy is, understand because they're not saying they never once said Whitey's the enemy. You know that mm-hmm. that constant fear mongering. No, they were very clear. It's the cops that were pissed at. It's yeah. the rigged justice system. It's the power structure. The you know what they they were at no time did they ever went oh it's white people, which is why I think like. They, they, you had white characters in the neighborhood who they were, you know, connected with. There's still poor children play with other poor children. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean that that they had that and that understanding and that McQueen highlighted that. I just, I am just so happy. Like this is definitely early in the year, as far as the politic of the film. Like from my pers- my political perspective. Definitely the the one to beat now. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas uh, the trial of Chicago Seven, as good as it was, it was so bourgeois or petty bourgeois in its in its 
analysis, you know, or in its lack of analysis. Uh, this is the kind of movie that if any of those guys are alive from the original Chicago 7, I think they're all dead now, eh? Let me see Tom Hayden's still alive. I looked it up and I, and I there's, there must, uh, did, there no, might Tom be a Hayden, couple of them. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. there's, some of these folks are still alive. But. Yeah, they'd be comparing the two though and going, oh, why couldn't, why couldn't he made that one? I mean, boy, we could have, that could have been our movie. Yeah. <laughs> I would be. I'd be like, oh, come, where's my Steve McQueen? And that's what I want to ask you. That's what I want to ask people in the chat. Uh, once I welcome a, a little. Sean. Welcome. <laughs> Lost in the real folks is is in Lost in the real, but found in our house. <laughs> um okay we've uh uh just some back and forth uh some back and forth here um what i wanted to ask you and and folks in the chat and especially canadians in the chat we have canadian filmmakers have made the cbc's made a couple of okay and i really do mean okay movies of the week about I'm thinking in Manitoba, the JJ Harper. Uh, I don't think we've really seen a, a film about Oka, the Oka crisis. Um, we have seen a couple really good movies about the Catholic Church and the uh, scandals in Newfoundland, yeah. but we haven't really seen a Canadian movie about. Uh, the residential school horror mm -hmm. um, or even tales of indigenous Canadian pushback or African Canadian pushback. Like, uh, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, uh, just because we were the end of the uh, underground railroad didn't mean we were the end of <laughs> former slaves problems <laughs> we were not we're like we will all treat you all slightly better yeah. which is still pretty <laughs> shitty um so I, I, yeah i'm kind of wondering like i mean i'm am i missing something am i tuning something out or can you think of any canadian films that really treat these subjects from a canadian racist past as well as I mean, even even the Americans, they have Madawan uh, from more of a working class perspective. They've got uh, I Left Up My Heart at Wounded Knee. Remember? Yeah. Isn't that the title? Like, I mean, you know, the other countries have been able to kind of go and give it the real feature, deep treatment it deserves. Yeah. Um, maybe decades late, but still not that late. And here yeah. we are like. I don't see it. The uh, and and I suspect it might be sort of a well, even you know Australians deal with with you know issues sort of better and and you know they make big screen uh, productions uh, regarding their sort of uh, history of racism and, and that sort of thing um, from the eighties and seventies. Yeah. Like when was uh, oh yeah. the fence one rabbit fence rabbit proof fence. Thank you. You know, when did that come out? 1980, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, it might have been a, 
it might be one of those issues that, you know, uh, maybe it's everything siphoned down south. Maybe they're dreading all the talent. Maybe Sorry, okay, they came out in 2002. You know, there are, there <laughs> are, I mean, there was a two, oh, okay. Uh, there was a two-parter that was uh, the CBC ran on water. I think it was a Walkerton thing, and that's different, I know. But you know, they they sort of there's little thing. Elijah Harper had a had a made-for-TV movie, but but and that's what I mean. They, for the big screen, I think, or even you know, and and also this sort of uh, place name number, the Chicago Seven, the Mangrove Nine, the this four. You know, we tend not to seem to have those types of court cases. We don't have those big show trials. There's, like yeah. there's, there's where the power structure, let's say, <laughs> recognize, yeah. oh, we're going to look stupid. How can we just... Yeah, I mean, I'm trying we're to We're going to all it. quietly let this go away. <laughs> you know? I mean, um, has, has the FLQ even been, uh, you know, the Quebec... Uh... I think Quebec filmmakers have. Yeah. But I'm not sure about that either. Um, I, I, I'm looking to uh, the Balmoral Street Research Irregulars. Uh, Katie and Richard regularly see uh, francophone, like Frank, uh, Quebecois and uh, uh, francophone Canadian cinema, uh, you know, as part of their being bilingual as opposed to a tourist French aficionado like myself. Yeah, that's something I need <laughs> Who's to Who's slowly for. but surely transferring his francophone love to you know a, a portion of half uh has uh has Ger- hesse germany or hessen germany right around darmstadt you know because mm. hey i've gotten treats there we go treats and merch um but yeah i i is there been that canadian treatment i don't think there has uh, i think we would be hard pressed to find it Ahmed yeah. does uh, ask, what about Canadian actors? And he mentions Mike Myers and Jim Carrey. Um, it would be interesting to see either of them take on a role like that. Like, but but then they'd have you're almost stuck being the evil, the evil white guy, you know, probably with a British accent. Um, yeah, it's almost uh and it's so fraught with peril. Steve McQueen comes to this story with that credibility of, you know, being black from that community, you know? So it's, you learn that on some, some auntie's knee, um, you know? Uh, yeah. Whereas we're, you know, is, is you know, it's, is the Canadian, especially the current way Canadian film is funded with that, minimum market trigger you know is there the yeah is is canada actually ready to look like the bad guy you know like because we have have one i mean we have a because we do have a courtroom thriller in a way with what happened to jj harper yeah the uh the for those that don't know the sort of the unofficial or whatever uh father of manitoba is a is a man by the name of louis Louis Riel. riel Who's uh, buried a uh, five-minute walk that way? And um, as the president of the provisional government of Manitoba, there's this, there's an opera based on his life, which uh, which I don't think gets much play. But there's a I think CBC back in the '80s did a probably a two-night, four-hour miniseries or something like that, uh, featuring Dave Thomas and John Candy as uh, British guards. 
filmed, of course, in uh, Ontario, uh, not Manitoba. And and you have to think, yeah, maybe it's time we sort of gave it some money and did another one. But uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's I, I don't think we tell our. I mean, we could do a whole show on Canadian stories that aren't told, right? I mean, <laughs> and maybe you know what, Jim, that'd be an interesting show to do. Kind yeah. of the anti-Canadian stories that we'd like to see or that yeah. we think should be seen. Uh, especially for those Canadians on the chat, what do you think? Uh, Jim, Richard does a uh, new account on uh, the Belmore Street Research Irregulars. Uh, Richard chimes in, big Quebecois movie on the crisis, the FLQ crisis was called Les Ordres. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, mostly deals with the police using the FLQ crisis to round up and arrest any activists they didn't like. <laughs> 74, where did they film it while it was going on? <laughs> it was close, eh? Uh, well, you know what? All of them was still running around. But yeah. this is, and maybe though, I, I remember the old man talking about it, like we're talking in the 70s when my political education started. Uh as an 11-year-old, because, uh, you know, that was my crazy upbringing. But, uh, like, the weird, yeah, they, they were rounding, especially trade unionists. So mm. the president of the Quebec Federation of Labor into the clink. But then they let him, he's literally doing, of course, smoking like they all do, literally doing a press conference from his jail cell, because, like, just that, kind of that weird incompetence <laughs> that we see in failed like comically incompetent police state you know attempts to crush resistance yeah. you know like that you know it's it's almost like they're like oh well we don't want to go bad as uh you know um oh the padlock laws in the 50s uh union national uh who was it who was the premier in the 50s in quebec Union oh. National Government padlock laws. Richard, help me out. Yeah. Chat, help us out. <laughs> and this is way, we've gone way off. <laughs> way off. <laughs> Who knows where movie. we've gone? <laughs> I it was a movie show. <laughs> okay. Um, but yes, that is what I, going back to what I was saying earlier, Jim, I, I really did appreciate that this ad politics set at his heart in what was a political event and a political trial uh that it had that that it gave that it that it showed how this community knew what it was how it educated itself about its own identity how it was they were the protagonists of their own story i do i get choked up this is why i watch movies <laughs> you know when it, it it just hits every note right like it really does show how talented steve mcqueen is how talented those actors were how how a gr like solid acting and solid direction that is selfless, like really is we're going to service the story. You know, we're not going to be super stylistic. We're not going to choose scenery. We're going to be in these roles. How good it can be. Yeah, this is, this might, it'll be hard for the, the this is one of those I could see next year still only coming up with three movies I really liked and this being one of them. Like I, yeah. it's a hard one to beat, especially yeah, yeah. as it hits all the buttons I love being pressed on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
What? Uh, ah, Marie Duplessis. Yeah, Maurice right, Duplessis. Yeah. Thank you very much, Richard. <laughs> I knew he was there. And he was larger than life. Um, uh, oh, look at this. Funny comment on, uh, re, uh, from Richard L. Yeah. Funny comment, re, uh, Les Ordres. Sort of like Bowfinger. While the crisis is going on, there was a guy off to the side with a video cam. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe it's something, Jim, maybe we got to dig into our own Canadian filmmaking past and check this flick out. Yeah. You know what? Let's put it on our possible list, eh? Sure, yeah. All righty, everybody. I think we're, I think we're, does anybody else have a final comments if they saw the film? I, I know some of you didn't. Uh, if you didn't, I, Jim, you, yeah, look, I mean, yeah. oh, it's on Prime. Yeah. It didn't cost you any money. Jim, would you agree with me? I felt it felt like a feature film. I think I could have well, seen yeah. this in a theater. Yeah. Not yeah. that you have to, but it felt like a theater movie. Yeah. Good luck. Good soundtrack. I mean, seeing it in a theater would be awesome with the soundtrack that it has too, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it had a look to it. And, and, you know, if you, if you know, Steve McQueen, he's, he's, I mean, if you've seen 12 years a slave, right. Uh, it's <laughs> definitely worth a look. And he, you know, he's a guy at the top of his game too. And I can't imagine oh. just sort of pumping out five fairly quick movies of quality like this, you know, and uh Although pumping out is, I'm being a bit casual there, <laughs> but... Uh, well, and also he's also a visual project. artist. He's, yeah. you know, it's one of those people when you hear about them at first, I, I'm suspicious of. It's like, oh, you seem like you're, you know, one of those chosen ones where it's like, ah, oh, I do this and I do this and I do this. But the guy has shown a, a, like a real body of work and growing confidence in that work. I. Yeah. What what the hell else can he do next? Like, well, who you know? voluntarily, uh, uh, you know, an anthology of five films? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly it. Like, even looking at his Wikipedia stuff, nineteen nineties, uh, short films, visual art. Uh, then it goes breakthrough as a filmmaker in the two thousands, twenty tens, further success. <laughs> 2020s uh, then he starts oh and then i banged out this five <laughs> that that, that two hours. middle-aged white guys in north america are raving about along with others i'm seven sure we're not hours, the only ones seven eight hours of fairly heady material it's really close to my heart no problem yeah <laughs> yeah like and you look yeah no it's just uh yeah, a real body of work, a great, yeah. No, this is. Uh, I mean, yeah. he did Widows for crying out loud. That I thought was like a, you know, an, a different kind of movie. But yeah. uh, you know, a, another one. It's not super stylized, or I mean, it, it's definitely it fits more the genre, the look, and the vibe. There is some style to it. That's how heist movies work. But yeah, you know. Um, all right, folks, uh, you do know what the next two movies are next week. So go go catch this. I'm telling you right now, Bowfinger. I know you can't, I know you can barely see me, but Bowfinger. <laughs> um, and then after that, it's that Space Sweepers. I even just love the ridiculousness of the title, Jim. Yeah, space yeah. Sweepers. 
I wonder what it is in Korean. Probably something different. But. I think uh, I've seen victory. Mm-hmm. But there is some sort of heist or race or, I don't know, some bonkers Korean space sci-fi bullshit. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so, you know, uh, yeah, I uh, that's next week, 930. Um, nine, uh, sorry, Jim, I'm going to take over the screen. So next week, next Sunday, that would be the 31st of January, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, Universal Coordinated Time, minus 6. So hope to see it. Go check that flick out. It's on, like I said, it, it, it premieres on Netflix on February the... F- oh, no. Uh, Bowfinger. Sorry. Getting confused here. Bowfinger is on Google Play Movies and other, you know, other your favorite streaming services. Uh, so go check it out. Watch it. Meet us back here next week, same place, same time, and we'll uh, we'll dive deep into uh, Bowfinger. Yeah, it looks like Jim, we're gonna we're gonna be enjoying some nonsense for a couple of weeks, yeah. eh? Which Sounds I think good. is uh, keep it light. You gotta you know gotta balance things, right? <laughs> um, it's the Biden years. We gotta keep it uh, keep it light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, look at this. We've got. Uh, uh, you know, lost in the real as okay. I'll watch Bollinger he before next week. <laughs> yeah, I know. but I still like saying it. Bollinger, it's like oh, champagne. <laughs> uh, before next weekend, I've never seen it. You got to see it, and we'll all find out if it still holds up. <laughs> Eddie Murphy and uh, Steve Martin at the height of their powers. It's, it's, I, I so hope it holds up. Uh, Ahmed's got to go. Have a great day, everyone. Uh, Jellyfinger or Jelly Duck 100 says, I really am mushing up all the words now. Uh, Ahmed, thanks so much for popping by. Really appreciate it. Au revoir. Et vous aussi. Et toi aussi. We're friends now. I think we can, we can be that, uh, be yeah. that unfamiliar. Um, the Upside Den says, I've never watched it either, but I'm going to watch it before next week. Yes, Jan, I, 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 it, it, it's worth the time. I hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Shashank, just uh, <laughs> just missed, uh, missed most of the podcast. You know, um, uh, Shashank, thank you for coming by anyway. Yeah. I, I do think it... It's worth, even though we just sing its praises more and more. I think it is worth uh, worth checking it on the re on the rewind on the replay. So, and you you know how to do that. And uh, next week, um, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see you next week. And thanks for popping in. So, yeah, uh, Jim, if it's what, okay, I want to oh. know what Shashank has for breakfast because I had a dynamite masala dosa on the beach in uh, his state when. One time, but I, I suspect it's not lucky, you know, uh, lucky charms and uh, toast or something like that. But well, would... okay, Shashank, what did you have? For, what what did you just have for breakfast? And what did you have for breakfast when you're in his state? When you were in India, uh, masala dosa. It's almost like a, where you have the. It's almost like an Ethiopian thing where you have the sort of the flat bread and you use it to pick up the. You know, you have the injera kind of thing. It's something similar, and okay. you pick up various toppings it's spicy and then your your fingernails are all yellow with saffron or something and you have a nice strong coffee oh 
best of best it was of just to really hit the uh oh Hody dosa okay i'm definitely looking this up yeah we gotta google that up all right uh jim i'm gonna send you to the green room you'll stick around yes because we've got a, like we've we've got more movies to pick so we can we can set our set our chat up for success thanks Shashank. oh, oh Shashank says it's very spicy stuff that's a great way to start the day. Spicy cuisine. Oh, and Sheshank, this is why you need to go watch this movie. That That's another thing we didn't talk about, how much food comes up, not just because it's a restaurant, but how it's part of the identity, mm-hmm. part of that story, you know, and, and how it is. We only do spicy cuisine here as, you know, the, the bully, pulley, bully, pulley, the bully brings up you know, bangers and mash. It's like... <laughs> boiled potatoes exactly all right uh jim i'm sending you off to the uh to the to the chat oh wave goodbye see you later guys all right okay everybody once again thank you all very very much for uh joining us here tonight uh thank you for being part of us uh, exceeding well exceeding 100 uh 100 subscribers 110 so far only 900 and Oh, not even 900, only 890 to go before I might get monetized. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks very much for coming. Thank you, Shashank. Thank you, Upside Dan. Sean, great to see you here. Eric, uh, really appreciate you popping by. Of course, Katie and Richard, thank you both for coming. Katie, I hope your walk was good. And thanks for chiming in later. And uh, yeah, I uh, appreciate your, please forgive me for possibly mansplaining feminism to you. I didn't mean it that way. Um, Really need to find a woman co-host. Okay. Uh, uh, Dan, thank you. Ahmed, thank you very much. Uh, You know what? Uh, Please, everyone, attest to the fact that I sang Vlad's praises. Uh, Vlad 65, uh, for giving us that great idea. And, uh, yeah, looks like I caught everyone in the chat and, uh, and yeah, we're, I think that's, I think that's about it. I'm gonna, you know, I think it's time to, uh, pull the music down and let's see. Yeah. Cue the outro. Jim and Rob overanalyze movies with Jim Chleboyko and Rob Christensen. Research by the Balmoral Street Research Irregulars, Katie Fowler, Richard Lennon, and Vlad65. Copyright 2021 by Rob Christensen. All rights reserved. <laughs>